Hi, I'm Graham Mack and welcome to the Pod 20, the countdown of the most popular podcasts in the world right now. This week, my special guest is Tom Linney from OAF, which stands for On A Friday. Tom, now that people get music from streaming services and their entertainment from podcasts, has radio become irrelevant? No, absolutely not. I mean, Why? I, I love listening to the radio and I think it's more the unpredictability of radio in the because it's live well yeah well not just that but i'm if there's nothing I'm much choosing. unpredictable about heart or capital though is there but i mean yeah. you can't you, you know you're going to get one of 12 songs and an idiot in between and some annoying commercials it's pretty predictable to those of course um, not yeah but i'm listening to the, the radio stations i listen to i listen to because i trust the programming and i Obviously, if I want to hear a specific song, I can put a song on Spotify. Yeah. If I want to hear people talk about football, I can listen to Guardian Football Weekly or something. But I put Six Music on, and I don't know what they're going to do, but I like the presenters, and I like generally like the playlists they choose. Yes. And so I'm going to hear some fun music Yes. I maybe haven't heard for a while. Yeah. Um, and quite often I'll listen to mu Six Music. They'll play a song I've not heard in five years, and I'll add that to my Spotify. And then or they'll introduce you to something yeah, new that you mightn't have gone to, or it might even be an album track from an artist you've heard of, but you didn't know that track. Exactly. Yeah. That's what happens all the time. Yeah. I, I think that's, it's a very good example. I think six, the six music model has got more legs than current commercial music radio, which is eating itself and is trying to become a half-assed streaming service when it will never you know, why Why get into a peeing contest with someone you can't beat? You'll never stream more songs than a streaming service or get it more personal than a streaming service. I don't understand current commercial music radio's policy other than if it's trying to kill itself. Well, then it's going down the right track. I just don't understand that. But yeah, Six Music is a great example of probably the future of radio because otherwise I don't think it has got, it's got one. I just really don't. That's why podcast radio is so good. You really don't know what you're going to get. You just get podcasts. And you, but also, there's a certain element of curation on podcast radio as sure. well. So as long as you trust the, the provider. Jerry has very high standards. Yeah, that's that's does. clearly. That's clearly. why, that's why OAF o -A -F, on a Friday, that's why it's on podcast radio. No, it is, but, you know. Um, but, you know, I mean, I just, you know, it's, I, I spend half my, and I listen to audio all the time. You know, yeah. as soon as I'm done with it, I'll put my step, my, stereo on and listen to probably either the music or a playlist and uh i just like my curated my cur own curated lists but then it's nice to just have someone else do that for you and that's what radio provides i think yeah I, you know i listen to six music and i listen to absolute 80s you know it's great to hear what's you know some songs from the 80s i haven't heard for a while or whatever or or you know and i don't mind listening to heart 80s either mm -hmm. and it's quite nice when we're in the office and someone puts on a radio station that i normally wouldn't choose and i'll hear some music that i haven't heard from before mm -hmm. you know it's you know and it's and i, I like be, I, one of the most be best and most important things about our podcast is that it has introduced me to loads of new music that i wouldn't have had the chance to listen to had dan not told me about it so dan is one of my best friends but he doesn't whenever we meet up he, we don't talk about the latest single from selena sharma or someone like that or holly humberston that's just not what we talk about but the fact that he's talked about them on the podcast means that i've listened to them and really enjoyed them and yeah. had I not done a podcast, I probably wouldn't have been introduced to those artists. Because obviously, there's the same artists that we, you know, that we both really love that we will talk about, you know, just in a social setting. But 
uh, he wouldn't tell me about, you know, the latest pop music. And I like to know about these things, you know, it's, it's, it's good to, you know, I mean, I love pop music and I love all genres of music. And the fact that we get to talk about them on a weekly podcast has been massive for me. I just love, I've, listened, I've probably discovered more music this year as a result of the podcast than any year in the last 20, 20 years. Wow. Well, we'll find out where Oaf is on this week's chart soon. The Pod 20 is heard on podcast radio on DAB in the UK, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, around the world on multiple platforms and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now and at number 20, Off Menu with Ed Gamble and James Acaster. Ed and James invite special guests into their magical restaurant to choose their favourite starter, main course, side dish, dessert and drink. Their latest show is part two of their Best of Bonanza. 19. Behind the Bastards. The Worst Humans in History. 18. Exactly with Florence Given. Floss is an artist, feminist and best-selling author of the book Women Don't Owe You Pretty. In her podcast, she dives deep into sex, social media, feminism, relationships and body image with fascinating guests. 17. The Breakfast Club. The world's most dangerous morning show with DJ Envy, Angela Yee and Chalamet, the God. On their latest episode, they open up the phone lines to hear listeners' thoughts on Jay-Z, Meek Mill and others pushing for a law to stop lyrics being used in court against rappers to prove guilt. 16. The Influential Women Podcast with Nikki Bannerman. Nikki, of all of the fab guests you've had on, which one made you think, I can't believe I got to talk to them. Well, I got to interview Ruby Wax and wow. that was really wow. massive for me. I had to join a very long line of people having a book signing in Cambridge. They was, and then literally I got to the front of queue. They'd said I could have the interview if there was time. And just as I got to the front, they said, okay, the car's outside. You've got 10 minutes. And I just thought, oh my goodness, what do I, what do I do? What do I say? And I was nervous as hell, but. She was incredible and so calming and so gracious. And I just thought, you know, she's, she's so talented. She's been, you know, interviewed by so many big wigs all over the world. And she, well, she's interviewed people too. Some, I, you know. Of course. And I thought, yeah. gosh, is she, is she going to be brutal to me? She was so lovely. She asked me to come on tour with her. She was amazing. And she did. And I talked about mental health before it was a thing. You know, I, I was big into smashing stigmas. Talking about things that people don't like talking about, I like to sort of make people overshare because I think it's more interesting and dig a bit deeper. And Frank Bruno I spoke to about mental health. That was a huge honour. And they said, you know, here's The Telegraph, here's Sky, and and here's Nikki Bannerman. And I just thought, really? You know, why am I in that group with those guys? And the Radio Academy, I did their... Uh, awards, their last one actually, pre-COVID, uh, I did their On the Carpet Red um, Awards as everyone arrived. And then I did the winners backstage of the whole of the Radio Academy Awards in Leeds. And then I did the their festival in London. with all, So I literally spoke to Vernon Kay, Nicholas Parsons, you know, on the red carpet, Miranda Sawyer, Freddie Flintoff. I interviewed all of these people all in one day, Busted, wow. Sigrid. It was uh, incredible. That was really, really special. 
You mentioned about stigmas and, and that. You've got a thing on your website that says, I have a huge passion for radio and podcasting <laughs> with an emphasis on smashing social taboos and stigmas. What social taboos and stigmas do you smash? Oh, have I smashed? Well, mental health was a big one in terms yeah. of it really was before people felt comfortable about talking about it. So Ruby Wax talking about it and her story of how she got into mental health and her tours and writing books on Frazzled because she said she saw a picture of herself on the tube when she was traveling that no one had asked her permission for saying she's got mental health. And you just think how affronting is that, that somebody you're traveling, you see your own photo, someone has never asked you permission. And that made her think I can either fight it because people have found out or I can embrace it. And she did bravely. And I thought that was incredible. And how she told the story of she got her, um, she got it, I think it was a CBE, you know, an award for a recognition and a particular person had to deliver it to her, but she was actually in the Priory and all the people in there thought they were hallucinating. And she was <laughs> making this a joke. And I just thought, oh my goodness, she just really is incredible. Well, the Influential Women podcast is incredible, and it's at number 16 this week on the Pod 20. 15. The Jordan Harbinger Show. In-depth conversations with people at the top of their game. 14. The Jordan B. Peterson Podcast. Enlightening discourse that will change the way you think. 13. On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Fascinating conversations with the most insightful people in the world. 12. Freakonomics Radio. Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. 11. The Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz. Father Schmitz walks you through the entire Bible in 365 episodes. Here's a clip that isn't from the Bible in a Year. It's George Carlin talking about the stuff that Father Schmitz is selling. But in the bullshit department, a businessman can't hold a candle to a clergyman. Because I got to tell you the truth, folks. I got to tell you the truth. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe. In awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest. No contest. Religion. Religion easily has the greatest bullshit story ever told. Think about it. Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky, who watches everything you do every minute of every day. And the Invisible Man has a special list of 10 things he does not want you to do. And if you do any of these 10 things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever till the end of time. But he loves you. He loves you and he needs money. <laughs> he always needs money. 
He's all-powerful, all-perfect, all-knowing, and all-wise. Somehow, just can't handle money. <laughs> Religion takes in billions of dollars, they pay no taxes, and they always need a little more. Now, you talk about a good bullshit story. Holy This is the Pod 20, the countdown of the top 20 podcasts in the world right now. We're into the top 10 and at 10, newscast from BBC Radio. 9. Hidden Brain. Shankar Vedantam uses science and storytelling to reveal the unconscious patterns that drive human behavior. 8. Shagged Married Annoyed. The only way Rosie and Chris Ramsey can have a conversation without being interrupted by a toddler or ending up staring at their phones is by doing a podcast. 7. Oaf Dan and Tom present a weekly podcast about new music and films. One of the presenters is Tom Linney. Tom, your day job is in advertising of movies. Do you get to watch them for free then? Yeah. I mean, I do pay to go to cinema quite often. Yeah. But... We do get, we, one of the perks of the job is that because we work with so many um, of the uh, exhibitors and I know a number of people who work at cinemas, I do get to see a lot of films for free. But, you know, if, if I want to see a film in IMAX on opening day, I will buy a ticket. Right, okay. And I, and I love going to see films in IMAX on opening day. You know, I love that big, uh, one of the best things to do with my pals is just go and have a big cinema event. You know, we did it for June. Is it good? I'd already seen June. Yeah, I loved June. Uh, you know, and actually preferred it on the second viewing as well. Yeah, I saw the Apollo Eleven documentary on IMAX. Oh, Where do you that. go? I got. I've been to that one at Waterloo. I think that's the only UK one I've been to. That's a good one, but I tend to go to the Cine World IMAX in Leicester Square. But that Apollo Eleven documentary, just a stunning documentary, isn't it? The footage is unbelievable. I just couldn't. Uh, and on that. IMAX, God, it was like being there at the launch. You know? Yeah, wow. I, I came out of it thinking. If Christopher Nolan had made that film this week, it wouldn't look as good as the foot, the remastered footage from 19... Um, 69. 69. 69. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It, it is incredible. So what have you been talking about lately with Dan on the podcast then, as well, well, as, as, well as films, you know, music and all the other bits and pieces that you cover? Well, one of the things I like most about the podcast is because I, I talk about the film section, Dan talks about the music section. Mm -hmm. But the first 10 minutes is basically us talking about what we've watched or what we've been listening to. So the first 10 minutes tend to be Dan talking about what films he's watched and, and me talking about what music I've listened to. Because <laughs> I'm going I'm, I'm to spend the later part of the podcast talking about films. Um, so uh, I, I think that's, that's just something that's kind of developed over the sort of 40, 40 episodes that um, he tends to talk more about films. And then I sort of, he comes at it from someone who doesn't know too much about that filmmaker or what that 
or, or the film and I'll kind of fill in the gaps for him. And then, or we'll go to, uh, since gigs have been happening, you know, so we started obviously in lockdown from sort of May, June onwards, we've been going out and talking about things that we've been doing. So we've been to gigs together, we've been to music festivals, we've been to, uh, I went to a classical concert last week that we talked about on the podcast this week. You know, so anything in the first 10 minutes is, uh, is nothing's out of bounds. So a couple of weeks ago, I went in a flotation tank. So we spoke about that because uh, Dan was very surprised I'd done that. And, uh, you know, just things that we've been doing in that week. So it all started off with what we've been doing in lockdown. And then as we've been able to do more things, it's just kind of broadened out a bit. Flotation tank. So this is um, where they take away as many of your senses as possible. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So it's in, you're in the dark. Yep. Uh, you're floating. So you're, you've got no kind of feeling, no point of reference, really. And isn't the temperature of the water at about the same temperature as your blood or something? So you can't even feel it. You, you're actually it really is as close to being isolated from being alive without being dead, isn't it? It's it, it's supposed to be the same temperature as your body. So you don't feel the water against your against your skin. You just feel like you're floating. And what's and it like? Very salty water. I am a big fan, uh, but I'm into anything that kind of relaxes you or uh, changes your state of mind. And um, yeah, I just find it really relaxing. But it's a total journey. It's an hour, and it's in the dark. And I find that I mean, if you listen to the podcast, I explain it. But it's it takes you a while to get used to just not thinking about anything. And but in the process of doing that. I seem to think about everything. So it takes me like 40 minutes to stop thinking. And then for 20 minutes, I am not, I'm actually genuinely relaxed, almost falling asleep. So it's a, it's, it's a lot like meditation then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I like meditation. Um, if you're into your mindfulness techniques, it's a, a brilliant thing to do. So it's the same thing to do so that when you feel a thought, you just gently push it away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's exactly the same kind of setup as that. The only thing that I don't don't like is, well, I've never tried it because, you know, the one of the main reasons I like meditation is, you know, the joke is, you know, I meditate because it's better than sitting around doing nothing. Uh, one, one of the things I like about it is because it is sitting around doing nothing. And it annoys me that, that people who are into yoga have combined something I hate, which is exercise, with something that I love, which is meditation. And that just bothers me. But that's just me, I think. Well, I like both. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm into it or any mindfulness technique. I will give it a go, you know. Right. I, okay. I like, you know, I'm, I'm look, I'm always looking to relax more. Yeah. Now when I used to do breakfast radio, I always used to meditate for 20 minutes before I went on the air, which meant I'd get into the studio really early and turn all the lights off and it, I had a co-host once walked into the studio, turned the light on, freaked her, freaked her the hell out. But it was like, it was like, you know how you defrag your computer? For me, it was like you just defrag so that when you do go live at 6 a.m., that you're, you're totally focused on everything on the show and the research. When I first started doing it, it was an all-speech show. It was BBC local radio, and uh, I, I found it really helped. So do you do it? Do you think it, it helps the podcast to have the old float tank? No, not, really? not that it doesn't help. Not that it doesn't help because I, I don't do it often enough. But 
uh, any mindfulness technique I find just helps me, especially over the last year. And one of the reasons I started the podcast was just because, you know, my mental health had really suffered in the last year. Had it really? What kind of stuff you go through? Just uh, anxiety, depression, that kind of thing. Really? And the podcast has really helped with all of that. Yeah, you know, it's been a massive, it's been, it's been, a, 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 it's been so important to me just having something to focus on like that. You know, um, uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's been a tough 18 months for everyone, but, you know, I found it particularly tough and it's been just hugely important to me having something to do and also have something that had a positive influence on people or seems to have had a positive influence on people. You know, it it means well to me that, that a number of people who I care about very deeply and like a lot have reached out to me and said how much they like it. And even people who I had a friend who I used to go to school with, haven't seen for, you know, at least a decade. He lives in Canada now and he's been uh, listening to the podcast. I'm not entirely sure how he found it, but he just sent us a lovely email about how much he enjoyed it. And, um, you know, just things like that have just been really, you know, really important for me and helping me get through the last sort of nine, nine months year. Well, I'm glad you've got through it, mate. OAF is at number seven this week on the pod 20. Six. Smartless. Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes and Will Arnett connect people from all walks of life. 5. Sweet Bobby. The true story of Kirat, a successful radio presenter. On Facebook, she meets Bobby, a handsome cardiologist. He's a catch. Soon they get tangled up in a love affair full of lies and manipulation. Then, Kirat discovers a deception of almost unimaginable proportions. 4. My Favourite Murder with Karen Gilgariff and Georgia Hardstark Lifelong fans of true crime stories Karen and Georgia tell each other their favourite tales of murder and hear hometown crime stories from friends and fans. 3. Stuff You Should Know If you've ever wanted to know about Champagne, Satanism, The Stonewall Uprising, Chaos Theory, LSD, El Nino, True Crime and Rosa Parks... Then look no further. Josh and Chuck have you covered. 2. Crime Junkie If you can never get enough true crime, congratulations, you've found your people. And at number 1... Wild Things Siegfried and Roy October 3rd, 2003, a tiger attacked Roy Horn of Siegfried and Roy, one of the most famous and infamous magic acts in history. For 44 years, they performed 30,000 shows for 50 million people, generating well over a billion dollars in ticket sales. But given just how mega famous they were, it's remarkable how little we actually know about them. The superstars of magic. The mystifying. The most outstanding act in show business. Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried and Roy. The more successful Siegfried and Roy become, speculation surrounding their personal lives only grows. Siegfried, it's a very unusual relationship you two have. It's true. We are brothers. 
We are actually more the brothers. Are you lovers? Siegfried and Roy are very private people. No one knew anything about their personal life. We stimulate the fantasy of the audience. Because without fantasy, there is nothing. Their whole lives were a facade. And then when this tiger incident occurred, it was an extension of that. An incident occurred on stage in which Roy sustained a serious injury from one of the tigers. We heard one of the stagehands yell, cat loose. There was so much, so much blood. This was hell on earth. Shortly after the tiger attack, the media spin has already begun. After over 30,000 live performances, uh, this one tragic accident is obviously an anomaly. But what if the attack isn't an anomaly? What if it's actually just misdirection? Look, and you're doing these interviews, and you're saying that you've had no accidents. Those words are like a stab to your victim's hearts. There's the Siegfried and Roy we all witnessed on stage. And then there's everything that unfolded behind the curtain. I'm Stephen Leckart, and this is Wild Things, Siegfried and Roy, an Apple TV Plus podcast produced by Outwell Media. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts. Now, ladies and gentlemen, behold! Wild Things, Siegfried and Roy, number one this week on the Pod 20. And that's it for episode number 90. Thanks to this week's guests, Tom Linney and Nikki Bannerman. Next week, my guest is Nick Randall from SNS Online. Nick, you have great guests who tell amazing stories. Some interviewers do a lot of research, but others, like Mark Maron, for instance, do hardly any. Which camp are you in? I, I do the research. I think, I think for me that's important. I like to have a bit of a safety net when I start the show. I like to have, I have these sort of uh, loads of A4 pages of scribbled notes and there are different points, but I'm also very up for the the chat going off on a completely different tangent at all. Yeah, you don't want to make it, to. and because it makes it more fun, it makes it more interesting, and then you you genuinely discover things you had no idea about. But I mean, for example, really good example, my most recent guest, Derek Martin, fantastic actor, old school East End Cockney guy. His opening ten minutes was I didn't know where this was going at all because it was basically <laughs> a story about how he got into acting. But you have to listen to it to believe it, really, because, I mean, he, he almost got sent down for, a, for a quite a big crime back in the day. And you're hanging on to his every word because I didn't know the outcome. You know, does it get five years or whatever? And um, I, won't, I won't blow the, the ending to you at all. Um, but it inspired him to get into acting, this, this, uh, this awful thing that happened to him early early in life and it was just brilliant and i had no idea about that at all he completely got me left field there so so and how do you how do you book the guests where do you get them from um i stalk people uh-huh. uh, no um no i mean i just to say lorraine kelly you had her on i'm i adore that woman she's like the virulin of breakfast tv isn't she yeah, she's great yeah but uh, if i get within 30 yards of her i get an electric shock now and, and uh, some alarms go off so I'm not, I, I can't go, no, I'm joking, I'm joking, no. Um, <laughs> looking all serious. No, no, no. Uh, so what I do is I think, now, who would I like to interview? Uh, and I will, I will either find their website, and then I will see if there's a contact thing where I can message, or there might be an email of an agent. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's, it's easy enough most of the time to find somebody who you can speak to about it. 
the problem is because there are so many podcasts you really need to um let them know that you you know what you've got to offer so I'll which say is that you're people, on podcast radio for one thing i'm on podcast radio that's a recent thing though but i mean i, I sort of list all the people i've had already and obviously the longer i go on the bigger the list gets so that that helps as well so they, hopefully they don't think they're coming into some something that's not but you know they haven't got time for people like i mean i really reach for the stars when i do a show i don't necessarily get everybody i want but i if i'm being honest i've got an awful lot of people that i have wanted and it's just it's only just I, I literally just write them a nice letter yeah. you know and, and just just say look at you know hopefully it'll be a nice time and then when they come on a show i mean now it's it's virtual all the time before covid yeah. i was either I, I would go to wherever it was in the UK and I'd be to Liverpool and Edinburgh and all the rest of it to do all these shows. Um, but um, so hopefully when they've had done the actual show, they'll, they would have enjoyed it. It would have been hopefully a little bit better than they anticipated. And I always give them presents at the end. Oh, do you? What do you I, give them? I, I give them a celebrity goodie bag. Yes. Um, because it's, it's sort of an apology, but I'm not Graham Norton really or Graham Mack, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> That is a really nice touch. And will you give it to them at the end? Yeah, oh yeah at the end. They've got to work. But they, <laughs> these bitches have to work first for it. See, so, I, would give it to the, I would give it to them at the beginning and get them in a good mood or make them think that they yeah. owe you something now. The rules of reciprocity. Yeah. Uh, uh. I could do, but no, I tend to sort of spring it on them at the end and they, they seem quite chuffed. I mean, this is why the show makes a loss because I don't make any money from advertising. Or anything. I, I, I don't have Patreons or any of that. I'm very old school. And um, why is so, that? Uh, because I know someone who does very, very well out of Patreon. Um, uh, they have different levels of, of supporters on Patreon. We're talking like thousands they make from Patreon. Shall uh, we say, but if I'm, you get I'm it, in early... If you get uh, it right, it, it can work, Patreon. Yeah. I'm having early conversations with uh, a certain Jerry from Podcast Radio. <laughs> Hello, Jerry. <laughs> um, so we're, we're discussing it. Um, yeah, but but uh, you know it's all it's all a bit. I you know I what I really need is a boffin like a sixteen year old, bespectacled, spotty youth who is just a genius because they all yeah. are geniuses. The younger yeah. lot, yeah, just to just to sort my podcast out because I don't I have no idea how many people listen to it. I only base it on my SoundCloud things, and the SoundCloud goes off to Spotify and all the rest of it. But for example, Stephanie Beecham, which I think is quite a big name, and I'm—I was yes. a massive fan of—I still am of all her stuff, and I still think she's very relevant. She's still doing stuff. It's so funny, but at work when I tell people about the guests I'm getting, I'm so excited, and they're so sweet at work. They'll say, "Oh, that's great, Nick," and they'll just go, "So who is she again?" <laughs> and then the other day, I was talking about Stephanie Beecham, and I said, uh, "Well, she's just been she's been in so many things," and there was this voice behind me saying, "Yeah, but not recently, Nick." <laughs> <laughs> Nick Randall from SNS Online, my special guest next week on the Pod 20. In the meantime, you can watch extended video chats with all of my guests on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And what will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will your favourite make it to number one? Find out with me, Graham Mack, on Fridays at 5pm and across the weekend on podcast radio. Hey, and you can influence the chart too. Make a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. Feel. 
faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.